Mr. Alan LaBelle. Alan is a CCS alum. Well, just a second. He, uh, I had the privilege of coaching him for four years with the soccer team. Now uh, he's one of the varsity coaches. They're doing a fantastic job. Uh, we're excited to have him share. So now let's give a warm welcome to CCS alum Alan LaBelle. Okay, how's everyone doing today? You guys glad it's Friday? Yeah? Even though it's a little colder than the way we started the week, earlier this week it was beautiful. I hope you guys spent some time outside enjoying the lovely weather that we had in November. So as uh, Mr. Hyde said, my name is Alan LaBelle. I am the high school varsity coach here at CCS along with my dad, Chris LaBelle, and I'm also the son of Mrs. LaBelle, the high school English teacher. And this is actually my second time doing chapel with you guys. I did one three years ago when I was a freshman in college, so now I'm a senior in college getting ready to go out and graduate and become an uh, electrical engineer in the real world. So one thing I really want to start with today, that a point that's been really heavy on my heart lately and something that I see with the way that the nation's going today and the way the world's even going today is running a race. What does it mean to run a race? So. Does anyone have an idea of what it means to run a physical race? Like something physically I have to do to run a race? Any ideas? Yeah. You have to run all the way to the finish line? Yep, that's very good. Anybody else? What types of races? Yeah. Running races? Mm -hmm. Practicing? Yep, a lot of practicing and training goes in behind the race. Are there multiple ty types of races? So what? Can we race with? So we can race with running. What other types of races can we have? Yeah. Race cars. What else? Someone from over here. Anybody have an idea? Yeah. Mario Kart. Yep. Anybody from the balcony? Any other types of races? Nope. Yeah. Donkey Kong. Okay. What about some other things like swimming? How many of you guys watch the Olympics? Yeah, a lot of us watch the Olympics. How many of those sports actually involve racing? You have boating, swimming, all those things in track and field, triathlons, all of that involves running. What if I told you there's a second type of race? The race of life, which is not just physical, but also spiritual. Every day, you're running a race in your spiritual walk just as much in your physical walk with Christ. So I want to really dive into that point today of what it means to run that spiritual race with Christ Jesus. So before we get started and before we start going through some of the passages I have picked out today, would you all bow your heads and uh, let's open the service in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, uh, just uh, thank you for uh, bringing these students here today to CCS and um, it's just uh, that they can have a quality education learning about you that they can uh, foster their uh, spiritual growth and f uh, faith through a Christ-centered uh, education that they were offered here at CCS. And just, uh, just keep everyone safe today with everything going around in the world, that we can all remain healthy and be a light for you. And Lord, just um, give me the words that you want me to say and remove the words from my mind that you don't want me to say this morning. Just uh, help the kids to stay attention and attentive, that we can have some fun today before they go back to the rest of their classes. Okay, so how many of you guys have your Bibles with you today? If you do have your Bibles with me, you today. Can you all get them out for me? Mm 
Okay, so the first passage I'd like you to go to is 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 24 through 27. So if you are using one of the Bibles in the pew, that would be on page, let me pull that off so I have it marked down, 956. Okay, so page 956 if you're using the pew Bible. Okay, so this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Okay, so he's trying to encourage them through their struggles with the daily life of starting up a brand new church. Because remember, back in Bible times, was it easy being a Christian? Yes or no? No. Why not? You could. You'd be a martyr. You got persecuted for believing in Jesus Christ. Today, we may not have that same consequence, but do we still have difficulty being a Christian today, in today's world? Do we have a different type of persecution? Yeah. The Lord said it wasn't going to be easy to run the race. We will suffer hardship and persecution. So here's what Paul was saying about running a race. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Least after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So this is Paul about talking, kind of relating it to terms they did. Because back then, they still had races just like we do today with the Olympics. They competed for pride and honor in those races. So he was using terms that they would understand. But he wanted to go into that spiritual race. So he's saying, what type of award do they win if they win the physical race in real life? A perishable wreath, right? So perishable, it just goes away. So it comes and goes, just like in the Olympics today. If they win a gold medal, does that gold medal stay with them forever? No. It goes away at the end. In that spiritual race, we're running for an imperishable prize, one that lasts forever that God's creating for us up in heaven. Okay? With that, he also wanted to encourage them and give them warning. What did he say that the athletes offer? What do they do in all things? Anybody see it in the Bible? What do they do in all things, the athletes? Or the runners? Self-control. They have self-control in all things. That goes back to that practicing. They're training. They're getting themselves physically ready to run that race. If you're going to go run a marathon, can I just get off the couch from eating potato chips and go run a marathon? No. Do you think I'm going to be able to run 26.2 miles? Probably not. What do I have to do in order to accomplish that goal? I have to train. I have to be self-controlled, something we even, our soccer team will know, we preach during the season. It goes beyond just training with a soccer ball. It goes into how much sleep you're getting. How are you eating? What are your other habits in your life that will affect how you run that race? Because if you're not doing those things right, if you're not eating right, if you're not getting enough sleep, will you be able to run your race to the best of your ability? Probably not. Also with that, self-control. Paul gave the analogy of a boxer beating the air. How many of you can imagine that? You're a boxer just punching the air. What good's that doing for you? 
Nothing, right. Okay, I'm just punching at nothing. I'm just punching the air. Am I doing any bit of training? No. So we're training with a purpose. So all of that goes in to running a physical race. We have to train, we have to eat right, we have to sleep, we have to do our study habits correctly so that we have enough time to do the other things properly. You have to manage your time and be self-controlled. Running the spiritual race is not much different at all. That takes even more self-control at times because there's an even greater enemy at stake rather than just yourself and your own mind. Satan's involved with that. He wants to tempt us to quit. So we're going to do a quick object lesson here before we run into the next part. So Brody, do you want to come up here, bud? You'll do great, bud. I hear you're a good up-and-coming goalkeeper in soccer, too. So with me being a soccer coach, I thought it'd be kind of fitting to bring in some soccer balls. Okay, buddy, we're going to come over here. That way you have plenty of room. Okay, you have one simple job. Your goal is you're going to need to hold all nine soccer balls in your hands. Okay? So without the bag. All nine soccer balls. You think you can do it? How many of you think Bodie can do it? You guys all think Bodie can do all nine? You want to give it a try? Okay. So there's one. You think you can do another one? We'll get another one out. Okay, there's two. Three. Four. You think you can do any more? Want to give it a try? Two. Where do you want me to put this one? Um. Right there? Oh. oh, there's five. That's pretty good. You think you should do more or do you think you should quit? You think you should stop? One more. One more? Where do you want this one? Right here? Oh, there's six. Can you do seven? Or do you think you should quit? You think you should stop? No. Nope. You want to keep going? You want there? Yeah. There's seven. We're getting close. Up. Oh, you're getting a little wobbly. You think you should quit? Oh, uh-oh. There they go. Okay, everyone give Brody a round of applause. Thank you, bud. Okay, what kind of task did I give Brody? Thank you, Evan. A hard task, right? Some would even kind of say that'd be impossible, right? How many of you think you could hold all nine soccer balls? You'd have to have some pretty good balance, right? What if I came over and started pushing you a little bit? And started shoving you, getting you off balance. So you're focused only on that task, but then I'm there distracting you. I'm tempting you to quit. What was I doing with Brody? I kept asking him if he wanted to do what? Stop. I kept tempting him to quit. What does Satan do in our spiritual walk? Any ideas? What, does, what is Satan's goal? Anyone have an idea? Yeah. They get us to quit. Satan's only goal is to get us to stumble and quit running our spiritual race. 
Because if we do that, he wins. That's his only goal. He wants to draw us away from God. He wants to tempt you to the point that you just give up and quit. Brody, was the task very easy? No, it was hard, right? It was difficult. It took a lot of self-control, balance, concentration, focus. It took all of these things to try to accomplish that task. But in the end, it was difficult. So any little lapse in concentration or focus, what happened, buddy? If you just stumbled slightly, what happened? They all fell. It came crumbling down. That's all Satan is trying to do. And he does it in numerous ways, whether it be social media, whether it be games like Among Us, whether it be doing things that may not be inherently wrong. They may not be bad or sin in of it themselves, but they tempt us away and steal our focus from what truly matters. It steals our focus away from running that race that Paul is talking about. Running for that imperishable prize. However, with that temptation, God does say something about that, and he gives us help through that. So we're going to stick in the same chapter, well, same book, different chapter. So go to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is what God has to say about that temptation Satan is giving us. So he's trying to tempt us in ways that we can't handle the temptation, making us want to quit. Again, this is still Paul writing to the church in Corinth the first time. So in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul writes, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide you the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You will be tempted to stop. You will get tired. Both physically, spiritually, emotionally, you will get tired when temptation creeps in. Newsflash for you, though. The temptation is going to be way more than you can handle. Because if you can handle it, you would never call on God. If God gave you a temptation you could handle on your own, then why would you even want to call on him? Because you can handle it all on yourself. That's what the verse is talking about. No temptation will be given you that you can't handle through God and Christ Jesus. He is that means of escape. He is what we need to cling on to, what we need to set our eyes on, all of our focus on running that spiritual race, to endure those temptations. Looking at him, he will give us our ways of escape. What are some ways of escape that God could give us with temptation? Anyone have ideas? Yeah. The Bible, that's a very good one. Anyone else? Yeah, no, yep. Prayer. Anybody else? Any other ideas? What are ways God gives us an escape from temptation? What about fellow Christians? What about your classmates, your teachers, your parents? Could they be means of escape? 
Because we're all running the same race, that same spiritual race. We're all in this together, running that same race. So God gives us many, many ways to escape. The other point that comes with this is with those ways of escape, the key is that Christ Jesus is the one we need to set our eyes on. Okay? How many of you remember the story of Peter walking on the water? And Jesus walking on the water, for that matter. Yeah, it's a pretty well-known story. Well, I'm going to go back to Matthew 6. Excuse me, Matthew 22, if I can. Matthew 14, 22 through 23, if I can read my notes very well. Okay, so this is where Jesus is walking on the water. The storm is raging with the sea, right? The sea's turbulent. It's not something you want to be any part of back then in a boat. It's rocking you back and forth. Right? That's how life is today. We are that boat. The sea is our lives. It's our spiritual run. It's not easy. There's a lot of turbulence, tribulations, trials that we have to do. But as the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, listen to what Peter said. And Peter answered him, speaking to Jesus, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Peter was in the beginning of running his race, that spiritual race of following the Lord. When he got out into that portion of the race, into that trial, that raging sea, when he first started, when you're a first starting Christian, you're a Christian for a couple days, months, you're all gung-ho, ready to go ahead. All eyes are focused on the Lord. But what happened when the going got tough for, tough for Peter as he's walking on the water? What did he notice? Anybody notice what, did, what happened that turned Jesus, uh, Peter's eyes away from the Lord? Yeah. He got scared. He got tempted to stop. For a split second, that temptation to quit. Be it through the wind that made him scared, caused him to stop. And what happened? He started to sink. Okay? So he started to sink. His eyes were taken off of Christ. They were no longer fixed on the point that they needed to be at in order to properly run that race. So I have a couple guys getting ready. We're going to do a little bit of an object lesson here. So I'm going to get some stuff set up. Because as you can tell, typically I would dress up more for chapel and be in a tie. However, today's lesson gets a little bit more messy. So I couldn't exactly do that today. Hold on, let me get this up. Okay, go ahead and set it on there, guys. You're going to win it up in the middle. Okay. So as 
Josh and Isaac will help me get set up. Evan's the other one getting set up. Wait for this thing. Why do you guys want to spread that out over this way? Thank you. Okay, so. You're going to want to turn the tub the other way also. Okay, so in the bucket, we have temptation. We have temptation of what the world wants us to do, right? We want to quit. Look how sticky. Look, it's a liquid, right? You guys see it running off my hands? See, look. You go. It's a liquid. Here's the temptation that Satan is giving us. Okay? He's tempting us. This is what we are running through every day in our spiritual walk. This nice liquid. Do you think that's easy to run through? No. You guys ready? You guys are going to want to turn the tub the other way so he can run. Okay? But when... We have our eyes set on Christ. We start the race running well. Go ahead and start. You're going to go over between them? They're going to grab your arms? Okay? Start running. Okay? Run, quick. Yep, there you go. Okay, he's running the race. His eyes are set on the Lord. He's running. He's battling the temptation. But all of a sudden, stuff gets in there. Hey, Evan, you getting tired there? Getting a little tired? He took his eyes off for one second. What happened? He said, hey, Evan, can you get yourself out there? You're stuck, aren't you? This is what temptation does to you, though, guys. You stop the race, you are stuck. You won't be able to go anywhere. But what did God give us in the temptation? He gave us a means of what? Escape. Josh and Isaac, they may be fellow Christians. It's not going to be easy. He's going to go right in the bucket, right in that bucket. There you go. Okay? He was given a means of escape, though, right? What was his means of escape in this case? Yeah. God, but what did God bring into his life to help him? His friends, fellow Christians. So in this case, his classmates. We'll vacuum it up, Isaac. And then you can go ahead, Evan, when you're good, and you can dry your feet off. So give these guys a round of applause. Thank you them for their help. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Just wait. Okay. My mom had a good point. He needed help to get restarted. He stumbled. He fell. He fell into that temptation, and his spiritual walk started to crumble. He got stuck in that pit of temptation, in that glue. Could you get out by yourself, Evan? No. Can you get in there by yourself? You can start the race all fine and dandy and get in by yourself. Go ahead. Let's see if you can start it. You're going to want to pull the drop cloth back. Yep. So basically, you're just going to go. Go for it. Just quick feet. Nope, nope, stay in there. Just quick feet, high knees. There you go. Okay, he started the race all by himself, right? Everyone sees him running. He's not sinking. He's running on a liquid. That is a liquid that he is running on. He got in there all by himself. 
He's running the race. His eyes are set on the prize. His eyes are set on Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, you getting tired? He trips and fumbles. It may not be a sin. His eyes may have been taken away to a game, to another priority that isn't Christ. And now he's stuck. Can you get out by yourself now? No. He's stuck. He could be there the rest of the day if you wanted him to be. He's not going anywhere. Same way in our spiritual walk. If we get stuck and we fall into that pit, we stumble and fall, what do us as Christians need to do with each other? Go ahead and help him out, guys. We're helping each other out. We're there to pick each other up out of the gunk, out of the glue, and helping him begin to run the race again. He's got back up. He stumbled. He fell. He got a cut-up knee. So be it. With help, with that means of escape God gave him through those veteran Christians, he was able to get out and begin rerunning the race. Thank you, guys. I got to go see where my Bible went. Okay, so sometimes, as you can see, I had to mix up this morning. Thus, I couldn't exactly wear good clothes because it's a little sticky. So he's there, and he's running that race. I'm going to go over now to 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. As we run that race, as we near the finish line, this is what Paul is saying. He's getting ready. His race is almost over. The Lord is almost ready to call him home, to his eternal home. And this is what Paul writes about that same race. Okay, this is still Paul writing now to Timothy, but that same race he was talking about in 1 Corinthians. So verses 7 through 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also who have loved his appearing. Paul fought the good fight, as he said. He fought his way through the gunk, the slime. Did he trip and stumble? How many of you guys remember Paul's story? He started in the gunk. He didn't even get a chance to get going until God reached out and gave him that means of escape. And he got him out, and he started to run the race. Did he stumble? Sure. He stumbled. He sank back in. However, God is faithful. Always is. He gave him that means of escape, thus giving him what kind of prize did he say at the end? The crown of righteousness. That awaits everyone in here that's accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and has run that race and fought the good fight. That is the prize we are fighting for. Now, it's not easy, that race. It's extremely difficult. It's hard to do. But the Lord does give us some encouragement. So, last verse of the day is to go to Matthew 6.34. This is Jesus speaking at this point. And he says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. 
sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In times like we're facing in the world today, especially all the ones, you know what's going on with elections, politics, around the world, it's very easy to be anxious tomorrow, for tomorrow. We don't know what lies in store, what lies ahead for us as a nation or as a body of believers. It's easy to be anxious, which is just another temptation that can cause you to stumble in that race. So as we get ready to go out for the day, a couple takeaways I want you to remember. One, the race is not easy. It takes a lot of work. It takes self-control, just as it does to run a physical race, to run that spiritual race to walk with Christ. Your eyes at all times must be focused on Lord, on the Lord, at all times. When Evan's up here running, his eyes are focused on what prize he's running for. It's focused on that goal he needs to get to. As soon as he wavers slightly, immediately he sinks. So we need to focus our eyes on the Lord. Second, we need to be there for each other. Just as Evan got stuck, could he get out by himself? No. He couldn't get out by himself. Personal story for me, some of you guys may know, I, in, when I was 13 years old, was diagnosed with Lyme disease and 13 other diseases. I was very, very sick. In fact, I was to the point that they thought I was going to die. They thought I had nine, ten days left to live, and that was it. And this is me at 13 to 15 years old, all through that time of my life, getting ready to go play high school soccer my sophomore year. I was trying to run the race. That may have been a physical stumbling block that then came and affected my spiritual walk because it caused me to be anxious and to doubt. But God gave me that means of escape through his word through his son, and through my fellow soccer players and Christians that were around me through my friends and family, I was able to get back up and begin running my race again. And the last point is more of a challenge, not a point. Every day you have the decision to either help your fellow Christians in running that race or be that stumbling block for them. That comes down to numerous things. What are you posting on social media? Is what you're posting on social media going to advance the kingdom of God? Or could it be viewed as a stumbling block and cause someone to falter? What jokes are we playing with each other? Sure, they may be all fun and dandy. And there's times to have good jokes and good pranks. Don't get me wrong. But if someone's already struggling, what are we doing to help them instead of maybe make fun of their situation? Are we causing each other to stumble and sink? Because what happens when that one person sinks? They're stuck. They can't get back out. What are we doing as a body of believers to advance the kingdom of God and be the escape and not the stumbling block? So as you guys move forward... Show that self-control in all things. Next time you want to maybe post something that could be a little controversial on social media, taken the wrong way, maybe cause someone to be upset or stumble, don't. 
Maybe post something that would encourage them, advance the kingdom of God. Maybe next time someone makes a mistake and you can see they're having a hard day. Don't laugh. Don't make fun. Maybe go over and encourage them and tell them it's going to be okay. Maybe you can see someone's having a stressful day and you just need to take time out of your own way to go encourage them before it's too late and they sink. That goes for the older ones all the way down to the younger ones. Fourth graders, fifth graders, sixth graders, you guys don't know how much power you have by just being the light for Jesus Christ. So as we leave here and go into the world, dealing with the election, dealing with racism, dealing with all of these big issues, are we either being controversial and fighting it, causing people to stumble because we just don't agree with something they say? Or are we putting the kingdom of God first with our eyes focused on the Lord? Setting our mind on that thing above, which is always Christ. He's in control yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. We have that one goal of advancing the kingdom of God for his honor and glory to fight the good fight and keep the faith. So I'm going to close this with a word of prayer here, and then you guys can go have a good day with the rest of your classes. So bow your heads and close your eyes for me, guys. Uh, Lord, just thank you again for bringing these students in today to listen to the chapel. and Just help them to uh, remember some of the points that were made today to be that encouragement, not the stumbling block for fellow Christians, to remember that our main goal is to set our eyes on you and focus on advancing your kingdom. That everything going on right now in the world is all part of your grand plan. It's all part of advancing your kingdom and bringing honor and glory to your name. Help these kids to run the race well. Help them to fight, to be self-controlled. Show the discipline in what they need to. Dig into the word of God every day, even when they want to go do something else and they're struggling. Give them the self-control to go dig into your word. Learn about you more so that they might run the race better and be that means of escape to help those other people get out of the gunk in which they got stuck in. Just bless them the rest of this day that their classes may go well and that uh, we can just be the light for you in Logan County and the surrounding communities, just expanding your kingdom and leading people to know the love and the sacrifice that you gave us of your son, Jesus Christ. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Thank you.